This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Saturday or Friday, March the 11th, 2 p.m. I'm Leon Davis, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment, the twice a week podcast about people, politics, and professions. And joining me today is Warren Harper. Welcome, my brother. Ah, good afternoon. Good How afternoon. You've had a busy, busy weekend or uh, start to the weekend. Yeah. 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 It was fun. You got a chance to, to hang out last night. So, so Warren and I do uh, another podcast. Uh, we do a music podcast called Altitude, or um, Altitude. That's this one. So, we do a podcast called City Jazz Sessions. Make sure you look for it. Uh, it's a great time. We talk to a lot of uh, the musical talent around St. Louis and around the country. Uh, but last night, he got a chance to, you got a chance to hang out with uh, Ron Jackson Trio. And that was down at the the Purple Strawberry? Blue Blue Strawberry. It was really nice. We had a good time. Laker joined in. Uh, I met Katie McGrath, her and her guy, Chet. Had a good time. Very good. Very good. Uh, I would... I'm sorry, go ahead. Some great musicians, man. That's that's my thing, man. And I'm I'm hanging out with the guys, you know. I know. I, I, I was sad that I couldn't go down there with you and hang out. With you and hang out, but... uh yeah I, I like you and you and i have two different uh appreciations for the type of different types of jazz so i tend to like the smooth jazz and you you tend to what would you call you the the kind of the, the jazz that i attribute to you well <clears throat> most folks call it straight ahead jazz you know old school jazz there's even this term real jazz the sirius xm station you know just it's traditional jazz okay the smooth jazz is more when the uh elect more electronic instruments and stuff came into play and it became more electrified that's basically what happened okay that's the difference they still they still cross quite a bit bit though you know yeah i just there's so so uh the the jazz that I that I have heard you listen to a lot of times, it seems like each uh, uh, musician is doing their own thing, and then they it then it it comes out as a collaboration, but mm-hmm. but there's there isn't always that synchronicity from one instrument to the next, and whereas I think in smooth jazz, it's 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 one piece, so all of it makes one piece in other words the the drum everything moves to the drum beat uh mm-hmm. and all that other kind of stuff right what would you say yeah, that that's it's, a- it's more tightly coordinated people are playing pretty much together and there's somewhat less ind- individualism but you know like they go off and do sure, their wild solos and stuff like that too you know it's, it's they have a lot in similar little basic things are different uh the acoustic thing is the big thing but then Last night we had a guy on a Hammond B3, which is electric, but it's still a straight ahead jazz instrument, basically. Mm, okay. So there's a lot to learn. Obviously, for for those uh, of you that are listening, there's a lot to learn about jazz. Uh, hopefully you you will. And the reason I wanted to mention all that is as things start to get move more close to normal, so like in both St. Louis City and St. Louis County, they have dropped the mask mandates. Right. Uh, did uh, did you have to use your um, uh, vaccine card, vaccination card last night? Weren't checking. Okay, very good. So mm-hmm. so things are starting to at least become a little more relaxed in some areas of society, and people are starting to get back out. So there were a few people down uh, at the Blue Strawberry listening. And um, so uh, as you get out, Make sure you're taking care of yourself and get out and enjoy uh, some jazz, some blues, whatever is your cup of tea. Start making that transition back to a, a yeah. normal you. Get some good food and all that. Food and drink. <laughs> so also in St. Louis, uh, 
And and our story today is about we're going to talk about uh, don't say gay, um, but we're going to talk a little bit of local stuff uh, real quick. Um, I was reading an article, and if you were looking at the um, video portion of the of this podcast, you'll see in the um, scroller section uh, for the Real Front Times there was an article about a St. Louis couple that got arrested for car theft because they rented a car from Hertz. So they rented a car from Hertz. Uh, she, uh, the couple went back in to extend the, the lease. And I think uh, it's been a while since I've rented a car, but you have to go through a whole new lease process when you do that. And once they did that, uh, some screwy stuff with Hertz and they're not, the only people that have experienced this, there's 200 people, 250 people, I think right now that are part of a class action suit. Um, They've spent some close to 2,500 hours in jail because the software uh, hurts when people re up marks the car. doesn't, do what it's supposed to do and marks the car as stolen and reports it. So now uh, this St. Louis couple were taken out of the vehicle. The vehicle was impounded. All of their things in the vehicle were impounded with the vehicle. And they, she was a, the driver or the one who rented the car. The woman was arrested at gunpoint. They pulled guns on these people. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And 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 so there's that tragedy that the company um, has been trying to cover up these kinds of things to keep people from knowing how many people have been arrested and how many cars that were erroneously um, labeled as stolen when they weren't. Uh, so it's it, it's been. Uh, Reported on national news, so some of you may have seen that. I, it was news to me today, and I went out and looked at a clip. And ABC Morning News, I think, did a story, and I, I watched that story. And they were talking about the story months ago, and mm-hmm. the problem is still happening. Still happening. It's still happening months later. Months later, um, and they haven't fixed it. And um, so there was that tragedy, and I wanted to sh- to at least talk a little bit about that tragedy mm-hmm. and then, and then something else hit me. Um, there are people that want corporations. So you, a while back you read the definition of the free market where companies weren't regulated by governments and they were able to do what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, and so this company, this large company uh, hasn't fixed the problem. So ordinary citizens are getting arrested, spending time in jail, getting criminal records, police resources are being used in these stops that should not happen, period. Right. Right. I mean, the um, first of all, a corporation as big as Hertz, who they got Mickey Mouse doing their software or whatever, <laughs> their uh, tech stuff that they can't fix something that's simple. I mean, really, you know, that, that's a bad for their image. Not to mention the, the stress they're putting the customers through getting arrested on some bogus charges that, that shouldn't be going out, you know, that mm-hmm. they shouldn't have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and the police ought to be more aware of this because it's been going on for how long? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, months, you know, yeah, at months. some point in time, there was a red flag. Go, hey, hurts again. Let's check this out and make sure. Because, I mean, are people really actually stealing hurts rental cars like that? Or, you know, they, they should be able to put some discernment to the situation and say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to lock this person up. I'm going to check this out, put some effort into the, the investigation before they drag a person through all that stress. And, you know, that's, that's really, 
I think they should be more proactive on that. The cop side. I understand. Um, uh, to, to, for me, I, I can understand where the police officers, uh, may not. So, so their situation is, and I don't know what information they get, but my assumption is, you know, they get a list of cars that were stolen. They find the, the license plate. Um, and you know, in St. Louis, we've had issues with, uh, carjackings, uh, stolen vehicles, damaged vehicles, downtown, you know, people yeah. just, you know, vandalizing vehicles. So, so in the St. Louis area, I, I can kind of understand. I'm not trying to make excuses. And I understand your point is that, you know, if you, if you are experiencing a high volume of fake arrests and I call them fake arrests, yeah, but they're, they're re very real arrests. And to the people that have to stand outside a vehicle in front of the, the world with their, you know, um, people driving by and seeing that they're being arrested at gunpoint and they've had cuffs put on them and things like that. That's a traumatic experience as you have made mm -hmm. uh, mentioned, but in, anyway, these arrests, um, you know, if, if, if an organization sees that there's a lot of them, then yeah, um, they should do something to try to help mitigate that situation so that, uh, so that honest citizens aren't getting arrested, but I don't know what information that they're getting. You know, maybe right. they're just getting a, a license plate and it's a stolen vehicle kind of thing. So anyway, we're going to move on from that. Yeah. One more thing. I think the customer, when they, if they like renew or extend the lease or whatever, they should be given some sort of authorization to show that they still should have possession of that vehicle. And I think that's on the company to make sure that they do that. Well, so, so she, in the articles, it says she showed the rental agreement. Right. And the officer said, I, I don't have any discretion. I don't, I, I don't, you know, that doesn't mean anything to me. I'm uh, this, it has been reported that this car is stolen. And so he had to, he had to arrest her. The officer had to arrest her. I don't know if it was a he or she officer, but anyway, the officer had to arrest the driver. I tell you what, I bet you that does only happens in certain neighborhoods for certain people. Oh, you going there? I'm going to leave it at that. You know, <laughs> okay. don't know well Fair in enough. situations. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so, so one of the things I wanted to talk about today was, um, uh, what is it? The, uh, don't say gay law. Gay, gay, gay. <laughs> you just in your rabble rousing mood today. You went out last night, yeah. had okay. a good time. And you just, you just decided to be a rabble rouser today. Yeah. Well, we're, we're adults. I think uh, it doesn't really apply to consenting adults. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Well, and so here's the thing. So, so the first thing I'm going to say is, uh, um, is this what small government looks like? <laughs> right, right. Small-minded government. Well, the thing is, is the the, the Republicans uh, are always pushing the idea, the concept that government should stay out of private business. They government should stay out of people's business, right? Mm -hmm. But we know what that means. That simply means. We don't want to have to deal with the laws that we don't like, and we should be able to pass the laws we do like. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So, right. so for those people that, that may not have, uh, who like me or, you know, busy doing a lot of things and, and don't catch a lot of, uh, the, the national news and has to go searching for their news to understand what's going on through the day. But anyway, so the, the, don't say gay law is uh, about, oh man, I left my, anyway, it's about not teaching um, or not allowing teachers to have discussions about gender identity mm -hmm. in, I think it's K through three or K through six or something like that. K through three, I believe. K through like three. That. And yeah. then it has to be age appropriate uh -huh. for grades above that. Now, I don't know who defines 
age appropriate because they don't like scientists. They don't like intellectuals. So who defines um, age appropriate? Right. That's a good question. And they don't, they're in uh, conflict with the school board in general. So who's going to step in and say what age appropriate is? Right. Because I don't think they trust the school board to do anything now. Right. Yeah. And, and DeSantis says, you know, the bill is about giving parents more control over things that their children have to encounter. And, uh, so I understand if, if that he doesn't see that, um, gender identity is a, uh, subject that should be, you know, talked about. Mm -hmm. And so I understand that, but so my questions have to revolve around, um, you know, what topics, not, not just what topics are acceptable to talk about, but, but why do you not have, why do you have such a problem with this particular topic? And what do you do with the people that are suffering under, uh, not being understood because we don't talk about these topics? Yeah, well, they're so concerned about their children, uh, growing up outside of the norms that they want them to fit into, that they just want to control every aspect of their behavior or or their understanding in that particular area of gender and identity, because things have changed now where uh, society has become pretty much gender fluid now. I mean, we've been transitioning to this for a while, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I agree with you. And I, they're flapping back against it. I agree with you that trying to control it. They're they're pushing back against things that are outside of what they're accustomed to. So in other words, learning and growth is is very difficult for them. Right. So rather than embrace it they'll fight it tooth and nail. So in other words, they'll be drug into the future, kicking and screaming and they don't care who gets hurt or how many people suffer as long as they get the normative society that they want. What is normative? Well, for them. So, and, and I, 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 that's another really good question, but I think, you know, the answer. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. So they're big beliefs. Right. So it's anything that anytime I'm uncomfortable, then it's not normative. It's not normal for me to be uncomfortable. So, um, uh, women's rights, right? Good. There's, there's a, the concept that, you know, women, I, I still, if, if, if they could legislate barefoot and pregnant, I think they would. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I think they would. I think they would, they would norm, they would legislate barefoot and pregnant. Yeah. I saw a lady commenting on a Twitter feed earlier today. Um, it was a Jewish family. The guy was sitting on the couch with, I think he had like five or six kids and then this lady tweeted about uh, how she felt bad for the mother with no context at all. I don't think the, the, the woman was even in the picture or had anything to say. She was just flat out accusing the guy of some sort of abuse or whatever because they had a bunch of kids. But they lit, they lit her up. <laughs> they put her in her place, you know, because right. they, they, she was out of she was out of context. Because the woman didn't, didn't say anything, you know. How do you know that's that the woman had a problem with having those kids? Because there is birth control, you know. This this guy, hey. Well, now, he, I mean, you're so you're you're living in that world where 
birth control is acceptable. But you got to remember the people that are pushing back uh, are pushing back also against birth control, against the, the yeah. uh, ability to control your family, the size of your family. I, I agree. But I think without any real evidence or context, she put that family in a pigeonhole, assuming certain things. And I, that's what she got attacked sure. for, because she had no evidence that that it was against her will or anything like that, or she was being controlled. Mm -hmm. So, so I think, uh, uh, so I, a couple of reasons I think is, is for this behavior, uh, is fear, mm. uh, is one. And I've, I've, the other one just slipped out of my, but fear is one. So they fear change. They fear things being different. They fear, that they're going to lose control of the situation exactly. and ignorance. That was the other one and ignorance. Sure. So if I don't understand something, um, I reject it. So sometimes we fear things that we don't understand. And sometimes we don't necessarily fear it, but because we don't understand it, we just reject it flat out without trying to understand it. I think that's part of the situation. She saw an image and in her mind, she just felt like there's that woman should have objected to that. And the woman wasn't even in the picture. I understand that. <laughs> now, I, my, my point wasn't just to that picture, right? but to, but to, uh, don't say gay in general. I, I know. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't know of any study or data that says talking about or in, in dealing with sensitive topics for younger kids causes extreme harm. Now there are topics that aren't age appropriate, mm -hmm. but you know, how do you determine which topics are age appropriate? And so, you know, what, there are things that we probably don't want uh, to introduce to too young a child because they're not going to be able to process it. But also, if they have information about it before they need it, then they can use it when they need it. But if they don't have the information before they need it, then they're going to respond based on their natural tendency to be defensive or to reject something that they haven't been introduced to. Does that make sense? Well, you, you, you're speaking of the kids. I, well, well, the as kids mature, so even adults, but, but okay. as kids, so if you had been, if you it were in a household that mm -hmm. was open and talked about topics, uh, you're going to have less anxiety when you encounter a topic that you're not familiar with, that you've never heard before, if you've heard something before, let's say your, your family, you know, talked about a particular topic. Mm -hmm. If you, if you didn't encounter it at the age in which you had the conversation or which you were exposed to the information and say several years later, you were exposed to that. You have something to pull from in order to deal with that. Yeah. Okay. Right. So you've got, right. because you were introduced to that information before you needed it. And then somewhere down the road, you were introduced to a situation where now you can use that information. Mm -hmm. And, and so I, I, I wrestle with the idea of not sharing information for that reason that if I don't share with you that information, maybe you don't need it right now. But if you are introduced to that, it causes less fear and less anxiety when you are eventually introduced to something mm -hmm. and it allows you to be more reflective in discovering what you don't know than to be defensive or be frightened of it. Yeah, well, 
the thing I see with that scenario is that if it's introduced to a young person, certain age, then it may potentially influence them in a certain frame of mind to think of a certain way. And then once they get older, they'll already have a, a, a judgment or a stance on it, which was influenced by whoever talked to them about it or whatever influences they had. And it, it may make them less open to something different or change. A different point of view. I, 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 okay. So, so your, your, your initial idea was, um, is that the person introducing them to the topic is using it to influence them. And I understand that. So people are afraid that if I introduce you to a topic, my intent is to, uh, have you support a particular viewpoint. So I'm, I'm going to introduce it with a, a bias. And that makes sense that people are afraid that somebody that they don't know having a discussion about a topic that they're uncomfortable with is actually going to cause more harm by introducing, um, their biases to my children. And I, and I get that. And that makes sense. Um, and so that's a fair part. That's a fair part of the discussion. Uh, that's very fair. Uh, where I looked at it as if we put the information out there, uh, it gives people an opportunity to, uh, digest the information. And then whenever they need it, they have it. But then there's also the other aspect of it, which I didn't mention which you did was indoctrination. And that's part of the discussion that they're having is that they believe that any discussion about gender fluidity and gender identity is more about um, inf in, uh, influence than it is about information. Potentially so. Okay. And so- If you restrict it to one source, like say the family, but when they go out, when they're at school or whatever, it's prohibited, then they're gonna have that one view because the family's probably not gonna hold it back. They're going to let it be known their opinions or how they look at it if given the opportunity. But once they get exposed to a different point of view, then you may have a, you may have a, a agreement, you may have a disagreement. And I, you know, I think these parents or the home environment could potentially clash with the outside world. But if that's your child in your home, then you, you have the right to express your views to them. I think the fear, the fear you, you discussed was that when they go into the outside environment, it's going to clash and it's the home is going to disagree with what what's coming at the, at the child. So the child is kind of in the middle. Okay. So, so one, one other thing that uh, you made mention of is that, <clears throat> is that you can present information mm -hmm. and your intent may be to just uh, give a person information so that they can process it, but that that giving that information can also create biases. Mm -hmm. Uh, it can also create yeah. biases. So, um, we can talk about, um, we can talk about, you know, whatever, whatever topic we want to talk about and that, that the child then forms an opinion or at least here's something that they hang on to, to formulate mm -hmm. their view of the topic right. that's, that's going forward. And I, and I think. And I, I, you're right. And, and that's, I, I operate from the, from the perspective that I examine everything that I think and that I've learned and we don't teach self-examination or we don't encourage self-examination and we don't encourage people to challenge 
things that they think are normal and normative for them to, to their comfort level. And that's, and that's, you know, the point you're bringing up is, <clears throat> is there is a normal tendency for people to find a comfort level and then stay there and mm -hmm. not want True. to be, uh, have their, their worldview shaken up. And you're mm -hmm. right. Anything that challenges what they believe then becomes the enemy instead of an opportunity to reevaluate what they have thought all along. Right. Right. And, and so, and so somehow uh, in order to, you know, moving down the road uh, to have a more reflective society, to have a, a society, and, and I, I like this definition of um, critical thinking. Okay. We don't push critical thinking. We don't, we, don't, we actually um, actively fight against critical thinking in a lot of areas in our society. But the definition of critical thinking is, <clears throat> uh, critical thinking is the intellectually disciplined process of actively and skillfully conceptualizing, applying, analyzing, synthesizing, and or evaluating information gathered from or generated by observation, experience, reflection, reasoning, or communication as a guide to belief and action. So I'm gonna say there are a lot of people who glazed over trying to understand that definition. That was a bunch of words there. That was a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of words. That was a bunch of three and four and five dollar words. Okay. And so and you have to understand those in order to understand what critical thinking is. Yeah. Well, you're right. But here's the key, a key word in that. I think you said belief, right? Mm-hmm. There are certain beliefs within society that people tend to consider, um, how should I say it, unchallengeable, mm -hmm. unquestionable. Mm -hmm. So when you get into that situation, mm -hmm. then it's going to be very difficult to open up uh, one's minds to something different because it's it's a closed case. Right. You know, this word says that and it's a done deal. So I think that's what we're dealing with in this particular uh, scenario. Parents are with the gay thing. It's it's in opposition to uh, a lot of people's beliefs. Right. And so they critical thinking. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. They don't want it challenged. Right. Exactly. That they've 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 set in stone their belief system, and they don't want it challenged. They don't want to expand beyond that. They don't right. want to include any other information. It is an active process of eliminating ideas from their consciousness. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, how do you deal with someone? How do you get someone to move in an issue? So, <clears throat> so they're, they're told to do something that this is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of people are getting hurt by that ideology. We'll take, we'll take uh, LGBTQ and get right. by denying that LGBTQ and gay should exist. And I'm just going to label it all LGBTQ. So I don't have to keep saying LGBTQ and gay. Because I, right. I, that's a duplicate. That's redundant. Um, so, so, so people that are LGBTQ plus are suffering a type of rejection that most people experience that don't experience. Then okay. women aren't rejected because they're women. Men aren't rejected because they're men. Now we, we there's some there's some minor branches to that 
that that changed that that statement. But overall, women are women, men are men, and that's just widely accepted. And there and you don't face particular challenges if you say I am a man. But if you say I'm gay, then there's challenges that you face that don't allow you to feel a part of the bigger society as a whole. So people are harmed by the, the, the abject rejection of that not all people are either men and women. And then you have people who can conceptually understand that these people are hurting, but because they refuse to entertain any ideas that don't fit that narrative, they're continuing to to pile on and hurt those people for their own comfort. Yeah. Back to the challenging man or woman thing, though. Mm -hmm. You said if I am a man or if I say I'm a woman, don't you think that the people I'm speaking to are going to have their own opinion about that in certain scenarios. And, and what I said was, is that they're the, for the most part, and, and maybe that's, you overlooked that part. Okay. For the most part, if you say I'm a man, or if you say I'm a woman that goes unchallenged for the most part, okay. For the most there part, there are exceptions. There are exceptions. There are, yeah. there are women that say, um, uh, you know, might say you're not a man because you're not a woman because, and then there's the higher order of thinking where a man does this. He's a protector. He's a provider. He's a this, he's a that. And a woman is a this and a that, but, but on the rudimentary man, woman thing that usually goes unchallenged. What gets challenged is I don't, uh, some, for someone to say, I am, um, I am not that or, or because I, even though I look like a man, I am in a, I am a woman in a man's body. Then people's eyes glaze over and they fall back on that. There's either a man, there's either a woman and you're in the right body because that's the way life is and that's the way it should be, et cetera. And they, whatever tools that they used to come up with that ideology, they stick to that and are not willing to examine anything outside of what, what they believe. They don't challenge their own beliefs. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, once we get to a certain point, certain age, we develop certain beliefs. It, gets as time goes by as we get older it gets harder and harder to change those beliefs with age you think so i i, I don't think that that's <clears throat> i, I think point. i think i think if you if you start challenging at, at any point in your life that you want to challenge the ideas that you have you can do that whether it's uh 15 10 uh 75 Right. I mean, if, if someone else was challenging it, but yeah, when you, once you make the decision to challenge it or to be open, that that's a different story, but from the outside, I think it's harder to change once that gets rooted inside of you. Okay. I, so, <clears throat> so part of what I was thinking, what, when I was thinking about, you know, talking about the topic was, um, when we have a conversation with someone else, so mm -hmm. you and I are having a conversation, et cetera. And so you share your ideas. I share my ideas, right? I have an opportunity to either listen to you mm -hmm. and then try to see things and try to understand what it is that you're trying to tell me. Or I can think I'm going to correct him when he's, when I feel he's wrong. Right. 
So yeah. now I'd like to listen to what you're saying and ask those questions. I will challenge some of the things that you say and you, you, you do a good job of allowing me to challenge your ideas. Cause there are a lot of people I have dealt with in life. Cause I ask a lot of questions and I poke and prod at someone's thoughts and say, well, wh why does this happen? Why do you believe this? And why do you believe that? And uh, there are a lot of people that don't, that don't respond well to having their uh, belief system ch challenged or questioned, which is what we I think we're having um, in our society now is that there are people that don't do well mm -hmm. at having their, their belief system challenged. I agree hundred <laughs> percent. And so, yeah, yeah. And so when you challenge their belief system, um, then rather than continue to have a, a conversation with you at that point, they, uh, they want to either to silence you or avoid you or uh, bully you mm -hmm. into accepting their ideologies. And so you and I, you know, we, we talk and, um, and I'm always challenged. I'm always, you know, for me, um, none of my ideas are set in stone. I can say none, but most right. of my ideas aren't set in stone. They are ideas that I have processed and believed to be fact, but I am willing to listen to someone else, um, someone else's idea. Mm -hmm. And if their idea is worth incorporating where they, if I see something wrong with my idea, then I'm willing to change. But we have people that aren't at all true, true. willing to make any changes. <clears throat> Some people just uh, see things set in stone, like you said earlier. And then uh, it becomes almost a waste of time trying to argue with them because they're not going to give, you know? Right. And, and, I, and I know what you mean by a waste of time, but I, I think that you still have to have the conversation with them because the only way that they're going to, to make changes, people are able to change that we know people are able to change. So if they're able to change the only way that what, you know, what are the ways that change comes about? They either have to be exposed to an idea that's different mm -hmm. by uh, seeing it or hearing it or experiencing it. So mm -hmm. even though the, the, their ideas seem to be set in stone, we still have to present them with other information because right. that's the only way that they're going to change because if they're not presented with it, other information, change doesn't happen. Just you don't wake up one day and decide I'm going to be different. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Yeah, you have to present some information that's powerful enough or logical enough or whatever to get that person to even pay attention and listen to it. And then you do your best to show them why you think it's valid and maybe they'll listen, maybe it'll soak in, you know. Sometimes you do all of that and you run up against that brick wall though. They just don't budge, but at least you're giving them the opportunity to see, or each other the opportunity to share those ideas and to discuss it. Sure. I agree. I, I just, I, I, <clears throat> so I'll, I'll go into a conversation and, and, and I think you have to, you know, you go into the conversation, um, looking to to validate what you know is right or learn about what you thought was right that you need to, to reevaluate. Right. And you come into a conversation with someone who, regardless of the, the data that you provide them, regardless of facts and figures or regardless of information that you provide to them, 
they don't, you know, they stand firm even when in the face of all of that evidence, they're, they're what they believe couldn't possibly be true, that they're going to stand firm on that. And um, so one of the things that we, you know, have, you and I have talked about before, and we've talked about it on the show, is how do you come to an agreement with someone that doesn't want to be agreeable or that refuses to, to change or that right. refuses to compromise? You know, we've talked about the, uh, the Tea Party not wanting to compromise on solving immigration, not wanting to compromise about, you know, other things. And so how do you then have that conference, have a conversation with someone that's not willing to grow, that does not want to change? It's difficult, very difficult. Right. And I, I just don't think we can give up because again, not. you've got to, you got to keep having it. They're not going to change unless they're presented with the evidence. But would you say there's situations or topics or whatever that you feel like you can't really engage in, uh, in with a person that, that they might not budge or you might not be able to cross a bridge together. Well, on. there's one conversation and, and, and I've told you what that is and, and we don't, do right. it. we try to avoid it on the show. Right. Right. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't, because it usually devolves and it, and it gets into uh, a conversation where we're not talking uh, to each other. We're talking mm -hmm. at each other. You're that person saying what they're, they're trying to say, and they don't care what anything the other information that's presented to them, they believe they're right. And right. so I, so yeah, there, I believe that there's topics. I, that doesn't mean I won't have the conversation because if you, if a person, you know, says they've got to have this conversation and that's the only way that they'll talk, I'll have the conversation. I just choose not to have the conversation because it, it, it doesn't, yeah. It it's usually doesn't end um, in any kind of meaningful way other yeah. than to say, well, you have your opinion. I have my opinion. We started that way. Right. And so for me, um, I have always lived by the motto. If I didn't learn something new today, I wasted the day. Hmm. Okay. okay. I wasted the day. If I didn't learn something new, I wasted the day. So having a conversation that I, that I know is not going to bring forth any kind of fruit whatsoever. You know, usually what I'll say is, okay. Um, I don't tend to go with, uh, well, you know, that's your idea and this is my idea. I, I think that's a, I, I think doing that, says, let's not have a substantive conversation. Let's just accept mediocre. And I, I don't like doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to, I want to, if, if, if you've got facts and you've got uh, a, an idea that you think is worthwhile uh, believing in, share that with me. Mm -hmm. Because I, my, one of my favorite analogies is life is like a, a cube. So you got a cube, cube is six sided mm -hmm. and you got people, three people on different sides of the cube. One person says the cube is red. One says, person says the cube is green. One said, says that the cube is blue. They're all right from their perspective. Mm -hmm. But when they look at it from different perspectives, they'll have a better understanding of what the cube looks like. And so I have to incorporate other people's views with my view to get a better picture of the whole situation. Right, right. But if you're not willing to look at it from someone else's point of view, then what you're saying is I will live in my ignorance. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I think that there are also 
more than one subject that that really gets to that same block nowadays um because we're the society is just so divided and this topic certain topics within the government are just as difficult to even have a conversation with you want to you want to share what those are or you just want to talk about yeah. that way how about the second amendment okay many many people feel like we have a gun problem in in this country and other places but mainly in this country then that we need to strictly red regulate uh weapon ownerships some people even think they need to just be banned but you know that's on the more extreme end but at least well regulated right now i think that uh that it's extremely difficult to have a conversation with people that believe strictly second amendment and that's you know everybody should be able to have a weapon uh it's trying to reason with a person like that in spite of all the problems we have with these guns so so i fully understand what you're saying at least i think i do mm-hmm. um and and so my thought is that the same mentality that goes into that goes into other topics where people are immovable. That same mentality with the LGBTQ2 plus, T plus, mm-hmm. that, that, that mentality that, that regardless of other information, my fear and my, my ignorance is enough for me to take this stand on this issue. Your fear? That person, that I'm, I'm speaking from that person's point of view. Uh, l- let me put it this way. Okay. Their fear and their ignorance is enough for them to take a stand on the issue and not change. So until you address their fears or address their ignorance, you're not going to get them to change. You're not going to get them to move. Mm. So, so we've had this d- debate, and, and I'll use um, guns and, and the LGBTQ issue. Mm-hmm. So we've, we talk about LGBTQ kids uh, killing themselves because they yeah. don't feel a part of society. We talk about how many school-aged children are killed by handguns every year. And with all of that, how you doing, Paul? Um, with all of that, people still don't want to move on those issues. Mm-hmm. So whatever their fear is or whatever their ignorance is, they're go- they're willing to live in that regardless of the costs. What would you say the biggest fear would be in that Second Amendment situation? Again, I, I, so there are, there are a number of fears. There's a fear of, so my understanding is I've never owned a gun. I've, I've shot, I've never fired a gunpowder firing weapon. I fired uh, air pistols and BB guns, but, um, there's a power that goes along with it that they feel invincible, that they don't have to feel weak Ah. because when they feel weak, they feel vulnerable. And that's a fear to feel vulnerable is not acceptable. And And a weapon removes some of that feeling of vulnerability. Okay, fair enough. I don't feel fear of gay people or LGBTQ people. You don't. What? Go ahead. No, Go ahead. no. But what do others fear from them, and why should they have fear? Because it changes. And you said it earlier. You said it. 
you you right you you gave the answer to this question earlier <laughs> and then you I'll, turn around and ask the question i just want to hear you. Uh, that's right enough they fear a change in society mm -hmm. if you don't understand lgbtq if you don't understand if your ideology is is that nature is perfect it does not create um imperfect beings if it then you're going to have a problem with lgbtq because lgbtq may not you're going to see it those people are going to see it as an imperfection <laughs> they're going to see it as an imperfection i say um nature creates different things so so how do you how do you wind up with different types of frogs? Mm -hmm. Right? So, yeah. so why isn't there just one type of frog? Did nature create a thousand different frogs or did, um, in the course of, uh, uh evolution and people don't like evolution, but I'm going to go with that. <laughs> right. In the course yeah. of, in the course of, uh, um, frogs mating, something occurred to cause different varying strains of, of a frog. But if you believe that every frog was created individually and that no frog, um, you know, started out one way and changed differently, then you're never going to accept that LGBTQ can exist. So, so, so your, your concept of, um, perfect or your concept of uh, purity is going to be fixed because you're not going to understand. So science says, you know, uh, there are different kinds of apples because different kinds of seeds germinated by, you know, different kinds of uh, stimulus, which created different apples or different, whatever the case may be. So it wasn't that, you know, so, so so the the expectation is is that there are going to be people that are going to be different. How are you going to have eight billion people on the planet and everybody is going to fit into a male or female? That makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> but okay. people accept that because they they want to believe it. They don't want to believe that you know that nature does things differently. Well, I, I know clearly where it comes from, but we're not going to go there. So to say that uh, I don't want to accept somebody else because they're not perfect. Does that mean I think I'm perfect or better than them? I mean, that's hypocritical. Exactly. And that's what they think. They think that they're better. They think that they're they're the they're the perfect and everything else is uh, an aberration and, and you should, in order, and you should change the way you are to be like me because I'm right. perfect. Cause I'm the perfect one. But, That's but even in those complex, well, it's, 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 it's a part of the religion. Man was created in the image of God. So if you are a man or a woman, which is what was in the garden of Eden. I mean, we avoid that conversation. I, and I, I think we could talk around the fringes of it without yeah. going into, yeah. you know, the whole scriptures and crap. Um, then you, you believe that you're perfect and that anything that does not fit that rigid definition is an aberration and should not be recognized. Mm. Well, it's it's really interesting though to see how man mankind can look upon a fellow man or woman and judge them as inferior or imperfect based on beliefs which mainly are saying that I am better 
you know, that's the only way to look at it to say somebody else's is wrong and you're right. You're, you're saying you're better, you know, like, are you perfect to judge someone for, for their gender or their gender identity or and, their color. you know, I didn't always think that I didn't always see it like that. I had to kind of mature up and, and, and evolve to the point where I saw the flaw in that. So I, you know, I used to think a certain way about that, you know, mm -hmm. and now I, I see it a little differently, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I just, I, I grew up in a household where, um, uh, looking at things from a different perspective was always a part of, you know, my, my mom would come home, uh, and she, bring home something and we never we didn't know what that was you know she bring home different foods because she liked to try different things mm -hmm. and you know she always encouraged us you know always go someplace that you've never been always right. do something that you've never done you know expand yourself you know mm -hmm. there are people that have eaten there are people who probably have eaten the same meal for you know on monday night for the, for the last 10 years because they don't want change. Right. So, you know, I, I wasn't raised to, I wasn't, I was in an environment where not being afraid of change was a good thing. And not everyone was raised in that environment. And I understand that. And so sometimes I look at people and I go, how could you, how could you not you know, have a friend that's different. Because mm. the beauty of life is there may be another person who's, I'm 6'3", uh, 200, what, you know, 200 pounds. And, but, but I'm different. There are things about me that make me different. Mm -hmm. To make me the individual that I am. So individuality is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, but there are people who just don't want individuality. They want cookie cutter. <laughs> they want everybody to look alike and, and be alike. You know? Right. Right. I understand that. You and know, my, my wife, uh, she jabs me a lot when we, we talk about Facebook, cause I have a bunch of friends and she'll say, well, you friend, anybody. You just friend it. And I just right. I understand where she's coming from, mm -hmm. but I, I see it a little different way. Mm -hmm. I see it in that, you know, I want to, if I'm going to be on here, I don't want to connect with people only in one group or one situation or just like me. I want to see some variety and some difference. Your you know, life is richer for it. Yeah. Now, at the same time, you know, there's people on different uh, radical edges with some stuff that you just don't want to deal with. So, yeah, you got to you got to avoid that. But yeah, when but, I look at but if, you don't, if you don't open up and have that experience, you don't know that's what you don't want. Well, I mean, you you can see it. Sometimes you can see things that you that you know that you just don't want to go near, you know. Okay. All right, that's us. Last comment, <laughs> and we'll be back tomorrow. We have a great—I uh, don't want to call her a guest. Uh, she's going to join us in the conversation tomorrow. Um, Candace Ivory. Uh, and that's all I'll do as far as an introduction, but definitely you want to join us tomorrow. And, and she's going to bring her unique perspective to altitude adjustment. And we really, I am really looking forward to that. Warren is also really looking forward to that. Me too. Yes. Uh, so make sure that you are here and join us. Last word. Go ahead, Warren. Look forward to the queen. That concludes this episode of altitude adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website 
the lionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.